My name is Justin Kluwer, and I'm here today with Matthew Kumar. What? Matthew Kumar? Oh my god, this is not important well, cinema club. It's... The only reason that it's Matthew Kermar is because you wouldn't let me do a parody voice of Will Sloan. Nope. I had to come in and I'm like, no, no, shut it down. We can't do this. Listen, we were going to do an extremely straight, normal episode of Important Cinema Club where no one would ever know Will Sloan wasn't there. You weren't going to break character or anything? I was never. I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to say the normal, boring <laughs> stuff that Will Sloan says that all your Important Cinema Club fans are here for. They're like, mm, yes, some wonderful, boring stuff. But no, what I'm going to get instead is lots of Loose cannon quality riffing, baby. Oh no, riffing! <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's really the poochie of the podcast. So if anyone has never listened to Loose Cannons, it's a show me and Matthew did many a years ago before Matthew abandoned me to move to Austin at the time, right? Well, really, it was just that, like... Uh, <laughs> I need a job, please, Justin. <laughs> yeah, and... I was also, like, just hold on to Loose Cannons. We're going to go to the stratosphere. I'll freely admit that the one that went to the stratosphere was Important Cinema Club... <laughs> Um, because people like boring stuff like with facts yeah. and things like that. They want to learn things and listen to, to podcasts mm -hmm. when instead what they got with us was insane tangents about really oh, man. Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis. We were big on the Bruce Willis train even before he was as popular as he is now. And one of the things is... Mm -hmm. we, <laughs> we haven't even talked about what movie we're doing. <laughs> one of the things that Bruce Willis is that our dream of the Bruce Willis verse with movies with multiple Bruce Willis's could easily come true now if we just sent him a contract asking to deep fake him multiple times in a movie he'd be like yeah whatever <laughs> yeah just give me my money what do you spend it on Bruce nah, I'm just like a Scrooge McDuck like character at this point I just put it in a big vault what Bruce Willis is spending money on is a series of different machines to kill him in the most painful way possible <laughs> Why? Because he hates his life and just wants to die. He has children, Matthew. Like, um, do you know Jigsaw? Mm -hmm. all, all the Jigsaw machines are based on Bruce Willis's drawings. Oh, is he, like, unbreakable, though? Like, he can't be hurt? Yeah, Bruce Willis can't die. <laughs> That's why he looks the way that he does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I made a movie. I funded Unbreakable in Glass just to see me die on screen. There's two things that Bruce Willis can't do. Can't die. Can't fall asleep. That's why it's your sleep <laughs> He can't fall asleep or else Freddy Krueger's going to come for him. Is that what happens? Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be killed by Jigsaw in a Jigsaw machine, not by Freddy Krueger in his dreams. <laughs> yeah. What do you think Bruce Willis has nightmares about? Well, nothing because he can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but before, like if he could fall asleep. I mean, obviously his true nightmare, like the story of any vampires, is to live forever. Right? Like, that's... <laughs> okay. So he's living his nightmare he's right now. He's living his nightmare right now. I don't even think we said that Loose Cannon is the show where we go chronologically <laughs> through the filmography of Canon films. I already told you the whole thing with Loose Cannon was. It's just riffing. It's just riffing. <laughs> that's and right. tangents. We don't even get to the point where we explain what the show is usually. I like the fact that when we did the show, we did 80 ish episodes and we just got to the films and people are like, <laughs> can't wait for you to talk about these Canon films like Life Force and Death Wish 3. And we're like, all right, no more. More of this. We yeah, put it I away. Mean, and that's why on the special guest episode we're just gonna talk about more Joe Sarno movies. <laughs> The Wicked Die Slow, the, the is, porno western that we watch. The thing is, though, that, you know, important cinema club fans, that's what they want to hear. Surely mm. they want us to go deep on Joe Sarno. Mm, Joe Sarno. stop recording and watch three Joe Sarno movies in a row. <laughs> no! I mean, if people looked at the name of this episode, they can see we're actually going to talk about Death Wish 3, because that's the movie that me and Matthew just watched, which I was surprised you said that you had never seen Death Wish 3. Well, I think that, I mean, I've seen bits of Death Wish mm -hmm. 3, but... 
you know, when we started doing the Lewis Cannon uh, podcast, it was sacred to me that we do those movies in order. Yes. So I never watched any of order apart from those Christmas episodes. Some of our best episodes, actually. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, um, that, and so we watched Death Wish 1. Mm-hmm. We watched Death Wish 2. And then we just never got to Death Wish 3. So <laughs> no, the good one it. people like. <laughs> Not the super rough one like Death Wish 2. Well, it would be an exaggeration to say the good one. <laughs> but the true. one people like. Yeah, the enjoyable sure. one, I think, is the way that you could describe it. Did we ever do Over the Top? Uh, no, we never got there. Oh, that's a great movie, I mean, that's too. one of the last ones. <laughs> oh, really? So, all right, so another ten years from now, actually, we'll probably get to know, Over the Top. The whole thing, I think, came from, for people who want some, some background, background, is that... One Christmas, we watched Over the Top, I think. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's so fun. And I looked at all the other canon films, and I was like, oh, there's a lot of fun selling ninja films, everything else. We should watch these in order. And I've been looking for to do something like a podcast, because that's like back in, like I don't know, 20-whatever, when mm. doing podcasts wasn't the situation where it was like you walked out your door and people were podcasting. You yeah. Know? It was almost a thing that was like only some people were doing. And instead, I mired as in watching like terrible movies <laughs> no one cares about. <laughs> Forever. I remember when you were like, let's do a podcast. I'm not joking. And everyone in the room kind of like lost eye contact with you. <laughs> and I, our eyes locked. Like, I guess I'll do it with you, Matthew. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Well, you know, I love coming up with ideas that never go anywhere. <laughs> That's right. And so Death Wish 3, directed by Michael Winner, released in 1985 and starring, starring our man, Charlie Bronson. You a Charles Bronson fan? What else has Charles Bronson been in other Death Wish movies? Like, what... Are the big Charles Bronson movies that... Once Upon a Time in the West, the Sergio Leone movie. Mm. He stars in that picture. He was also in A Dirty Dozen. He's in The Great Escape. He's in The Magnificent Seven. So he's been in a lot of like great movies. The Great Escape. Yeah, he's uh, the Tunnel King in that movie. Oh yeah, it's just one of the things is that like the interesting thing about Charles Bronson is that he always looked like he was in his seventies. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like you know we look back in time of like how young people didn't really look that young, but. Charles Bronson somehow didn't even manage to look like middle-aged at any point. Like, and in this movie, to skip ahead somewhat, this movie features the least believable, like, romantic subplot I've ever seen in any movie. Oh my god. Because it features a normal woman who, like, even at a stretch, she could be like, I don't she could maybe be in her 40s. Like, she looks like she's kissing the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> like, all the kisses they do are, like, close-ups. As if they had to get, like, a stunt woman to come in and kiss Charlie Bronson. What do you think that feels like? Like, kissing that, like, little mustache and his mouth. Dry? Bad breath? You know, I assume that, you know, to practice for the role, she (laughs) snipped off a bunch of pubes. (laughs) Put them to a cactus that she had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him a cactus and then started Frenching that cactus because that's probably what it felt like. Oh, and you put, like, a terrible beetle wig on the cactus? (laughs) That is Charlie Bronson's real hair. How dare you? You think it's his real hair? No, I don't think so. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you look at him and he's like, if that's his actual hair, like, it's a bit like he walked into, you know, the barber and was like, you know what? Just fuck me up. He's just like, I'm gonna, I'm old. I'm gonna pass out in this chair. You do whatever you want uh, to me, and like a vampire, I've broken every mirror in my house, so I won't even see what it looks like. So let's start the movie. Charlie Bronson. I don't even remember how uh, Death Wish Two ended. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, like basically, probably like all the movies, it's like he managed to kill all the baddies and he walked off into the sunset, right? Mm-hmm. To catch a bus, like an old person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can't even catch buses in, to- uh, in Toronto slash Canada anymore because Greyhound shut down. Ah, uh, is there not like still Mega Bus or something? Yeah, there's still Mega Bus, but Greyhound was the main one, and now it's gone because uh, it was during COVID, right? That it shut down because they're like, listen, we can't keep paying the bills. I remember taking the bus to New York once. Yeah. <laughs> no 
know what? I was always an easy bus driver. Fell asleep, didn't bother me at all. Never complained. I didn't mind taking the bus. Everyone I know is like, I hate it. I'm like, you pampered, uh, monocle-wearing um, rich people. Well, that, that was the problem, actually, with riding the bus, was my monocle kept falling out. Because <laughs> yeah, it just shakes bumps. so much. When you yeah. get a bump, your monocle falls out, you know? And I mean, and... you didn't never started a song, like in planes, trains, and automobiles, or anything like that? No, I mean, like, there was the moment when you remember when we fell out and you were on the bus and I ran on the bus and I <laughs> yeah, was yeah. like, you know, I'm sorry, we're going to Florida. And I looked at you and you're like the devil. You're like, ah! <laughs> Classic bus riding tricks. So, yeah, so Paul Kersey gets to New York and me and Matthew for the first 15 minutes of this movie was like, was he in New York in the previous films? Is he coming back? What's going on? I was. Where am I? He's movie. in LA for at least one of them. Yeah, sure. We will not look it up on our phone but as we the, do this. The thing that you said, though, was that. You said that you believe that this was mostly shot in London. Yes, yeah, so like a back lot. Even though that I look online and they're like, we shot in the worst parts. But I remember someone telling me that trivia, which sounds like a very Michael Winner thing to do. And, yeah, and the thing was, as soon as you said that, I start to scan the screen constantly for a British style plug. I don't know why they'd have left a British style plug on. Because, you know, screen. Michael Winner just doesn't care. That's why. Yeah. Michael Winner, for people that don't know, uh, we have not done an episode on him on in the Important Cinema Club, even though I keep threatening Will to do it, which then he moans very loudly in pain. Oh, <laughs> oh whoa, Will Sloan's in the room right now. Whoa, uh, Michael Winner also edited this film under the title Arnold Crust. That was his <laughs> pseudonym on it. But yeah, he is an asshole as a director. Famously, yeah. I, I think we shared some other anecdotes last time, but he treated his cast and crew like garbage, and he ended his life writing very uh, sarcastic restaurant reviews. Yeah, and, and being an adverse for an insurance company. Yeah, where you go, calm down, dear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> Choking on his sins, I'm sure. <laughs> he directs this film with aplomb, and by that I mean there are a lot of low angles and a lot of shots of people looking up into windows and people looking down on them. Love it. Every time that happens. Yeah, and like he shoots people through the crook of other people's arms. <laughs> yeah, and, that's right. And all sorts of stuff. And a lot of like weird close-ups on Charles Bronson's face. Just in case at any point you thought he might have been a young man you see every crag and line every part of his past on there's his some face. shots of charles bronson like listening to a conversation he just has like a thousand yard stare the camera's so close it cuts off his chin on the top of his forehead he's like huh what please don't make me make these movies anymore yeah he's got that he's got that sort of like you know when you're talking to your grandpa and your grandpa's just like <laughs> fall actually fall yeah asleep. like this fucking piece of shit <laughs> grandson i hate him why is he talking to me <laughs> In this film, Charles Bronson's come to New York to fight in a new war. The war of punks on the streets of New York? Well, not punks in the streets of New York. Let's be clear. Punks in a single square. <laughs> yes. Like, a very small There's square. almost, like, no, like, off streets or anything. They, they, they mostly run this one tiny area um, with a couple of buildings around it. I am correct. It says here, London, England, UK, doubled for New York, Brixton, Lambeth, London, England, UK, gang war neighborhood. So I was correct. They are not in New York. Well, there we go. They fooled you, right? They fooled me. I couldn't see a plug anywhere. <laughs> no one was drinking tea. Yeah, when, when you see that, that plug on the wall, you jump right to the goof section of <laughs> IMDb and you fill that out. <laughs> yeah, there's a British plug. Do you think there's guys out there, uh, and we know it's guys, that are like, I cannot go to sleep until I find one goof in a movie. It's it's terrible because every night they watch a goofy movie and yet they still... 
can't find a single goof in that movie. I will find a goof in this movie. It says a very goofy movie. I was listening to a podcast recently, and the host said that he and his mom had an argument that Goofy was not a dog. He was a goof, just like, because, you know, it's like, ah, oh, you're a goof. And that it was like a, a racial thing, like a different species, because she couldn't kind of put in her head that... Pluto is the dog and Goofy wears clothes. You know, the classic. Yeah, the classic thing. Moral, like the Plato's cave of our yeah, generation. And as we all know, Pluto is a pervert. A massive, <laughs> disgusting pervert. <laughs> I who... feel like we've said this on the podcast before. So, Paul Kersey, a.k.a. Charles Bronson, goes to visit his pal, who, what a quinky dink, he <laughs> dies right as Charles Bronson arrives. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't, like, yeah, like, as he's getting off the plane, his friend is being murdered by... Punks. Not just any punks. Oh, Alex Winter? Bill himself? Bill himself from Bill and Ted, yeah. I mean, I don't know what he's... Is this one of his time-traveling doubles? Like the evil version, like we saw in the new movie? Uh, yeah, probably is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? I mean, that's, that's what it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then he would later become a vampire and the Lost Boys. It all lines up. It all lines up. Do you think that when Alex Winter goes to conventions, he has like a table and there's like photos of him and Death Wish 3, Lost Boys, Freaked, of course, and Bill and Ted? Uh, everything except Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys who's like, don't talk to me about yeah, Bill and Ted. don't tell me about Bill and Ted. Yeah. I've talked about that too much. I don't want to... Do you have any Death Wish 3 related questions? He directed a lot of stuff, right? He directed like a ben, a ben 10 movie and stuff like that yes. as well. Like, oh, so he had just like Ben 10. Just Ben 10 stuff. And it's not even him because he doesn't act in those. Yeah, he only has Ben 10 stuff. I'm only going to be here talking about Ben 10. Charlie Bronson shows up. His friend is dead. He's like, no! So uh, what then happens is the cops show up and they arrest Charles Bronson for his friend murder mm -hmm. and suddenly Charles Bronson becomes, becomes very worried about people's constitutional rights which <laughs> later on he loses interest in but when there is rights he cares about them I mean yeah you you got him Matthew you caught that hypocrite in his game and now yeah. he's finally going to learn his lesson <laughs> take that Charles Bronson <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what is the meme it's like mission accomplished we got him <laughs> the cop that arrests him Ed Lautner realizes who he is he's like oh you're the vigilante very angry at him for a moment he's like you're the vigilante dude what are you thinking about stuff dude he keeps saying dude for some reason and i like to imagine that you know ed lightner showed up and he was like pulled a nick cage but he was like my character's always going to say dude at the end of every sentence oh do you think he had like a funny hat on like yeah. a big stovepipe hat and he's yeah. like i think my character would wear this I, and he would say dude and michael one is like mm, listen you can say dude that's yeah. it you and, get one and he's like psych i got you that's the thing that i wanted the hat was to fool you and they let me say dude the whole time and you know when he says it that's the biggest audience laugh moment right Everyone's like, yay! I mean, that's what we come for. Mm -hmm. And we come for Charlie Bronson just gunning dudes down. Because let's just jump right into it. Charlie Bronson moves into his dead friend's house, who he shows no remorse for, is never sad about his friend dying. Uh, well, actually, we have to... I don't want to skip too far ahead because oh, there's some you? cool violence before yes. that part where he gets chucked into jail for a while, unconstitutionally, as he points out. And to show that he's the big dog... He grabs a local fat man and shoves his head through the bars so hard that the band's ears rip off. <laughs> I think I may have been getting water when that happened. I missed it. I'm going to have to go back and find it. Oh, yeah. We'll just watch Death Wish 3 again after this. <laughs> yep. Round two. So, yeah. Charlie Bronson, a very old man, uh, is an action star, of course. Uh, yeah. And one of the things that I also like about Charles Bronson is how much like old man energy he gives to his role. When he moves into that new apartment, he goes downstairs to meet his friend who looks uh, exactly like... Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine yeah. is not Ernest Borgnine. No, it's Martin Balsam, who was a very famous Hollywood actor himself. He's 
crazy detective in Psycho, you know, the one that gets murdered mm. and falls down the stairs. He's in he one of the jurors in 12 Angry Men. He's in All the President's Men. So only men-based roles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Charles Bosses comes to us, he's like, mmm, I smell something delicious cooking. And he's like, oh, that happens to one in the neighbors. I was like, could you think we can get some of that food? <laughs> Liver and onions. <laughs> <laughs> this is now the most annoying podcast ever because you're making mouth noises as well or it's the best it depends on who the listener is oh we better get some AS- ASMR yeah that's this right podcast as well as opposed, yeah they came here for ASMR the podcast that could not be more screamy when it comes to podcasts <laughs> yeah uh, Martin Balsam aka Ernie Borgnine let's just call him Ernie Borgnine yeah. for now because he looks like um, it's like I guess the budget version where I guess Ernie, Ernie Borgnine er- er- Ernie Borg was, 10 <laughs> yeah just like Ben 10 Alex <laughs> <laughs> so Ernie Borg 10, uh, who, you know, I think that Ernie Borg 9, though, is probably busy doing what he's uh, most famous for. Wanking. <laughs> yes. If people have not seen the clip of someone asking Ernie Borg 9 on a, I think it's just like a daytime talk show. And they ask him, how yeah. do you stay so energetic? And Ernie leans in and goes, uh, I masturbate every day. The best thing about that is, is he whispers it to the guy under the idea that that's not going to broadcast to the <laughs> audience. It's loud and clear. You see the guy in the booth is like, Lean in, lean in, turn it up, turn it up. I mean, look, I love that. I mm-hmm. think it's important to, like, be proud of your hobbies. And, like, look, he, he lived for a long time. Right? Yes, he so, did. Like, I mean, I saw him at a fan expo, and he was, like, so full of piss and vinegar, so happy to be there. I mean, like, really, when you think about it, like, companies like OnlyFans, stopping nudity, <laughs> that's going to lead to many early deaths. Oh, I was going to say, do you think Ernie is on OnlyFans? Would he be on there now if it existed? He, he would 100% be on there now. <laughs> oh, like. Have an account himself. Not like a user. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, a lot of celebrities sent up a cameo. Obviously, mm. Borgnine, straight to OnlyFans. <laughs> he knows where the real money's in. He knows where the real money is. I mean, I mean he would be so annoyed about the removal of nudity and requirement, mm. all the other requirements. Like, I know. He loved that stuff. And he definitely, at Fan Expo, had a wife that was, like, ten times younger than him. Because, listen, he's Ernie Borgnine. But, no, we're not talking about him. We're talking about Ernie Borg 10 here. <laughs> and so, Ernie Borg 10, I can't say it every time. It's going to be too hard. <laughs> yeah, Eric Barton sounds like one of the baddies from, like, Star Trek, right? Yeah. So or actually, no, like, Borg. one of the baddies, like, who'd become a goodie and be on the ship with them or something, mm-hmm. you know? Ah, uh, yeah, Star Trek, the original Fast and Furious, <laughs> if you will. So uh, he's like, yeah, it's been tough here. I don't want to move away because I can't. Where would I go? I have literally a hundred weapons in my apartment. I cannot move them. I have, as we learn later, a closet or just a dresser dedicated to a machine gun. There's nothing else in there. Yeah, so one of the things that is boring about this movie mm. because it has to set up to get ready to the killing is that oh this, so many innocent people die but there's so much time set up on showing you guns and preparing guns like, there's an entire scene where charles bronson shows a particular like gun to a crowd of old people and then spends time making the bullets it's like imagine having to watch a man make the bullets he's gonna kill people with like i don't need to see that yeah Just but you know that happens killing. all the time right that somebody has a new gun because at one point charlie bronson's like look you can even select, I don't remember what it is, uh, he's turning this little knob based on the bullets that you put it. It's like, who cares? You're killing human beings. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the gun from Judge Dredd. Yeah, he's like, exactly. I can take the Heat Seeker or Ricochet. Oh, if Charlie Bronson had played Judge Dredd. I mean, we all know Judge Dredd is based off Clint Eastwood anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, I would have watched that. Judge like, Dredd was like a little mustache. It's kind of a shame there was never a really, like, crappy, nasty 80s, like, Judge Dredd movie. You know, <laughs> like, like, directed by Michael Winter. Yeah, like The Punisher or something like that, mm. where it's just, like, miserable and 
Grand. Oh no, the Dolph Lundgren uh, Punisher is great. How dare you? Well, you know what I mean. Like that's yeah. sort of like video nasty ear. <laughs> a video nasty Judge Dredd. Well, no, video nasty by British standards, mm. where it was like basically like if you showed like somebody getting stabbed, it classed as video nasty. Oh no, point. you know what is a thing that will automatically get banned? Judge Dredd comes out with like nunchucks. nunchucks. <laughs> yeah, well, Judge Dredd's favorite nunchucks. I can say the nunchucks ricochet. I can say that's a heat seeker. What happens? It's just a series of events where like Charlie Bronson watches a bunch of people essentially get assaulted. Sometimes he helps, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he just looks out the window. Well, he does his coming out festival is he buys an expensive car and then while he's eating a dinner someone else made for him, he walks outside. <laughs> Liver and onions. And they, they're stealing his car. They're like, you're going to die, Charles Bronson. And he just immediately shoots them. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, oh, it's all on. Now he's going to start killing dudes left, right, and center. No, he just hangs about for a while. And he <laughs> sets a few traps. He sets some traps, which are like classic Home Alone style, like <laughs> things spring up and hit you in the face. Oh, this, this handle's too hot. <laughs> like the movie is like so much about like Charles Bronson, an elderly man protecting a small community of elderly people. That if the movie just turned into like a siege movie with a bunch of old people, like fighting off the guys, like and setting up old people traps and stuff and they like they're like they're, old people traps so it's like you know expired cans of soda oh you old bitty I'm gonna take your your Werther's Originals and I'm gonna eat them and they're so oh I'm choking on a Werther's Original it's not Werther's Original it's those like shitty like gum candy so you're like why do they buy this this is bad yeah yeah. Oh, what, you like all candies? You like those ones? No, I just, you know, I like to think that I, you know, I've dealt with a higher class of old person. <laughs> yeah, the monocle-wearing class. That's yeah, what you believe in, and exactly. that alone. Papa, where is my monocle and my Werther's original? <laughs> yeah, Charlie Bronson, he helps he, the person who well, feeds him. He puts a little trap, like you said, that just pops yeah. up and smacks someone and knocks their teeth out. Never comes up again, though. Never come, we never see anyone with, like, missing teeth. Like, <laughs> oh, I have to get dental work now. <laughs> Okay. Or like, Why do they sound like moose all of a sudden? <laughs> oh yeah, we're not allowed any duh duh idiots anymore. That is very offensive to be like, duh, I'm gonna get you, Archie. Midge, my girlfriend. Wait, uh, did Midge ever date Moose? I you know, honestly, Archie was not really a thing in the UK, so I don't know the much. Oh, <laughs> so it was more like um wait, what's the one? Uh, Al Cap and stuff like that? Yeah. That was your Archie. <laughs> Technically, it's like how we have Dennis the Menace in the UK is a completely different Dennis the Menace. Wait, is he? Yeah, he's like he's got like black hair and a red and, and black jumper and a dog called Nasher. But the craziest thing about that is that both those Dennis the Menaces appeared at the same week. But it was like in the 50s, right? So like there was no way for those people to know about the other Dennis the Menace. Wait, so they're not even related. They're not related at all. Oh, so it's not like a, you know, Crisis of an Infinite Earth type situation here? <laughs> well, it could be. Yeah, where all the Dennis the Menace... If only they could put all of these characters, licensed IP characters, if you will, in some kind of jam. Yeah. Perhaps set in space. <laughs> That jam isn't even set in space. No. Cyberspace. Cyberspace, I guess. I mean, boo. So who would you have? You would have the Dennis the Menaces. Or some other, like, British character. Judge Dredd would definitely be there. Rogue Trooper. Yeah, Strontium uh, Dog. Yeah, that's right. All the weird ones. That Wait, no what's the remembers. one that, like, rides a surfboard on? Chopper? That's one of the best the best ones. Song of the Surfer. Yeah. Ah, such a good comic. And uh, the woman for a letter from a Democrat is definitely there. I get into the real 2000 AD. There must have been some other... Other, like I mean, I guess all from all those British comics like Bunty and <laughs> Buster, right. uh, Billy Wes, uh, what's other characters? Uh, I don't know. This only to... sounds like a parody comic. And then there's all the ones from Viz, right? Bust, uh, Buster Gonad and, and... <laughs> what? This is an adult comic. Okay. Not like pornographic, but like, you uh, know, like yeah. jokes. the fat slags. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. What's the other one? Biffa Bacon. 
it's my, oh, my favorite one, the Drunken Bakers. The Drunken Bakers is the best Viz strip. Anyone listening to this, just Google Drunken Bakers and read a bunch of Drunken Bakers. What about strips. here? We got Desperate Dan. Desperate Dan, classic. Banana, Banana Man. Man, of course. <laughs> Rupert Bear. He's definitely Rupert doing Bear. some dunks. Oh, yeah. But they're playing football in this. And American football for some reason. <laughs> Barrel the Peril. Corky Barrel the Cat. The yeah, Corky the Cat, man. Who's Biffo the Bear? He looks horrifying. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Biffo the Bear does look horrifying. <laughs> and Mickey the Monkey. And, of course, Buster Cap. Wait, is that the Andy child Cap's of son. Andy Cap? Oh, it's called Al Cap. Yeah. yeah, if people don't know who Andy Cap is, he's basically a character who was famous for beating his wife. Anyway, as the many important cinematic listeners have already turned off, uh, <laughs> let's continue to entertain this is ourselves. This only the loose cannons diehards. There's a character named Lord Snotty? Who's that? Snooty, I think. Snooty, okay. I is that who you like? Your hero that you look up? Uh... Yeah, uh, all the Weathers originals you can eat. I'll tell you about a character that we enjoyed very much in this movie. Mm. The Giggler. Oh, the giggler. Now, this is the character. He gets his own introduction where uh, Ernie Borgten is like, hey, see that guy? He's the giggler. Why do you call him that? He giggles when he steals. No yeah. one can catch him. And he runs very fast while laughing the whole time, which is quite impressive, let's be honest. Um, I mean, have you ever tried to run fast and laugh? Hard. Right in the abs, it hits you. Can't yeah, exactly. do it. exactly. Like, he's got great cardio, basically. Um, he loves stealing stuff, but, you know, really, what he wants to do is take photographs. Okay, so for people who have uh, not seen the Funny or Die skit, <laughs> it's called uh, The Lonely Deaths of the Giggler. And what they do is, this is pre-fame Eric Andre, where <laughs> the joke is they, like, redub some of the movie and make it seem like the giggler, all he wants to do is take photographs. Because what happens? What is the lonely death of the giggler? Uh, well, basically what happens is that, as we pointed out, that Charles Bronson mostly pisses about letting bad stuff happen. I genuinely ask, like, what is Charles Bronson doing during the day? Like, yeah. he just wears, like, a turtleneck? With, While like... he's walking about, like, just hanging out, there's, like, a sexual assault of one of his friends, there's a murder of an old lady, like, <laughs> yep. all the time he's just biting, biting my time. <laughs> he even says, like, time. give me one more day. Yeah, and that's when the old lady dies. And it's like, <laughs> uh, uh, no, his friend gets put in the hospital. That's yeah, what oh, happens. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what happens, yeah. So the giggler, he's like, I'm going to get the giggler. That's one of the first things I'm going to do. So I'm going to walk outside swinging an expensive camera around. A Nikon. I'm going to buy an ice cream lolly and get one for, for a wee boy because I'm also a good guy. And as he walks out, his Nikon gets stolen and he just brings out his big fucking mad elephant gun and shoots the giggler in the back. And so in the internet video, Eric Andre playing the giggler, we learn that he's a photographer and all he wants is a camera to move up in the world. And he's and the funniest thing is he's running away. He's like, ah, as soon as I get this first photograph done, I'm going to pay him back for the camera. I think camera. he says it as he's running. He's yeah. like, I'll pay you back, Paul Kersey. <laughs> and then uh, Charlie Bronson shoots him in the back. Uh, the giggler lands on the ground and with the last of his strengths, he takes a photo of a beautiful, of a beautiful flower. flower. But the funny thing is in the actual movie, he kills a man in cold blood. In oh the my street. God. The and crowd love it. People are hanging at the window being like, yeah, but no, you start killing dudes. But what happens? He continues to not kill dudes for a while. Oh my God. Like if you're killing this many people this easily, just do it. Instead of what he does, rather than continue to kill dudes, he gets involved in, as we previously mentioned, the very unbelievable Robin romance. the Cradle romance. Woody Allen it. Yeah, Woody Allen in it. Well, yeah, he's not technically not like a daughter in any way. So, but maybe that was a deleted scene. So, yeah, uh, I think that we have one date where what made us laugh is that she's like, "I cooked you a fresh pot of chili." Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> say first date like some delicious chili. Even later on in the movie, you see Charlie Bronson well, just making himself a big can of beans. To be clear, we did mishear that. She said chicken. <laughs> oh, she did say chicken. But it was funny the idea of someone making a big pot of chili in the first date as the meal for the first date. 
You don't understand. I have a very specific and strange fetish. I mean, it's not that specific or strange. It's farting. Like, I'm sure if you look on the internet. Charles Bronson farting. (laughs) Charles Bronson. So is it like, it must hurt him though, right? He's an older man. To fart? Yes. Is that what's in our future? Yes. I hate to break it. He starts to harp to fart? You're much older than I am, so. (laughs) You've missed this, haven't you? Matthew's like about 22 years older than me. <laughs> Thing is, Justin, is I can't die. I've got the same yeah, problem. Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis disease. I have Bruce Willis disease. But the thing is, that's why, you know, he has no more hair. Is that like that process has stopped working for him? Whereas I have so much hair yeah. right now. Oh, wait. But why does he want to keep living through, um, you know, computer generated images? If he can't die himself, does he think maybe he's trying to figure out ways that, oh, I'm going to trick the system that, like, they think I'm still alive because I'm in all these movies, which will allow me finally to leave this mortal coil. Sure. Yes. (laughs) All right. I cracked it. Basically, the movie, for some reason, is like, you know what? He doesn't have enough reason to kill these guys, even though the whole movie up to this point has been these guys doing bad stuff in front of his eyes. So they're like, you know... He needs another woman to die. Well, does she die? Because Charlie Bronson, um, they go out for more food after their second date. After, you know, they make some loving. And, uh, Which, as, thankfully, we do not see. It <laughs> just fades to black. But we do just see. Just like Charlie Bronson experience. Charles Bronson while putting he was his do- shirt back on. Yeah, just ripped abs. That's why he wants to show them off, right? Well. <laughs> oh, you must have been watching a different version than me. Because <laughs> I had, like, the uh, Tom Cruise version when they went and added abs to Charlie Bronson. So they decide to go for supper. And Charlie Bronson... Bronson's like, oh, wait, wait one second. I need to pick up some mail, as you do late at night. Yeah, of course. I'm always picking up mail late at night. And uh, while he's doing this, the punks uh, knock out uh, the wonderful, I think she's like a public defender who just fell in love with Bronson's beautiful eyes. What do you think would be charming about Bronson? Other than unless you have a particular fetish for the way that he looks like. Well, I mean, what would be charming about Charlotte Bronson? At that particular age. At that particular age. Mm. I mean, I guess maybe you could dress him up kind of like a Christmas elf, and that could be funny. Oh, I thought you meant like, you know, like a large baby with like a lolly and stuff like that, and big hat, furls, giant lolly. That that would be good as well, let's be honest. Would that be charming, though? Charming? No. Matthew's like, oh no, I don't know what the definition of charming is. I hope I can bullshit my way out of this. (laughs) She gets knocked out, and I was like, oh, well, at least they won't kill her, and because they just push her car into oncoming traffic traffic crashes and i'm like oh that she's probably fine. okay yeah it's a movie car though yeah and then it explodes <laughs> all right both cars explode yeah very violently and is charlie bronson shook up by this he is and he walks away sadly <laughs> i would say shook up is an exaggeration he's just like meh i went yeah, on two dates I, with this person yeah yeah i went on two dates yeah so after this this is when he finally uh <laughs> picks up his gun and does bad stuff right well no because he instead gets arrested again i mm. think and the only way that he gets out to start creating a massive havoc is by um, Edward... Oh, Ernie Borgton? Ernest Borgton <laughs> gets him to come to the hospital, I guess because they're like, yeah, we well, like going to see your friend in the hospital. You won't, obviously won't escape, allowing him time to escape to then get the gun that for some reason Ernie Borgton was not able to use, which is a big kind of like a World War II... Like, machine a, gun. Machine gun, Not basically. ones that are supposed to be handheld. You're which supposed no to put one, it on a turret. Well... Even if you held it, you would hold it from the back. You would not hold the blazing hot, like, <laughs> barrel. battle of the gun. Like, that's just how hard um, Charles Bronson is. He can hold the barrel of that <laughs> gun. Like, oh! 
old. You feel nothing. And he's like, yeah, I'm old. I can't feel anything in my hand anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the first Bronson imitation of this podcast. Yeah. How did we get this far without uh, doing because it? Because we were too shy to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we were. We were too shy. Too shy. We didn't want anyone to make fun of us. <laughs> we so we just played it, uh, you know, tippy toe We could be very straight. Now, finally... Charles Bronson, well, he goes to prison, he gets back out, doesn't really matter, it just exists. The film lasts exactly 90 minutes. Yeah. Michael Winner's like, I'm gonna hit that 90 no matter what. But look, let's face facts, right? More directors should be like that these days. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of 75 minutes, if I'm gonna be honest. I mean, absolutely 90 is the absolute max yeah. you should be getting away with, right? Like <laughs> The film just cut off when 90s hit. Yeah, exactly. Like, that shit just happened on Netflix. And 90, it should have made say, are you still watching this? Because <laughs> because instead of what Netflix does already, which is like, yeah, just do whatever. Just mm. keep filming. Just keep shooting more and more Ugh, and more. Awful. Netflix is like, Mr. Netflix like leaning back in his chair and like, we have the new movie. He's like, hey, yeah, just put it on the system. Don't you want to watch it? Eh, nah, who cares? Yeah, it was <laughs> good, bad. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Netflix is kind of like a weird cult. You've read those articles, right, that came out where they were like, the reason that we want to keep shows, because it doesn't matter viewership, because they don't share it with anybody, right, is yeah. what I fight for this show. And if I say I wouldn't, then it's going to get canceled. But that recently changed because they only do one or two seasons of things, maximum three because they'd rather just put something new out that people watch. Well, because they realize that, well, it's like any sequel, right? Mm -hmm. You are limited to the amount of people who already watch. Because they have to watch a previous one. And that's why they name series with a subtitle now. So if you're confused and you watch like a couple episodes of the second season, then I gotta go back to the first one and watch it. I'm already committed. But let's be honest, much like movies, how many seasons does a show actually need? Two or three, we're good. Uh, I mean, that's the UK way, right? Yeah. Three, and you're pushing yeah. it. I just listened to actually the reunion of the people who made the day to day. It was uh, like there's a BBC podcast mm -hmm. where they just happened to talk about it. And I was like shocked to remember that there's only one six episode season of the day to day and one six episode season of the Bra of Brass Eye. Oh, I love Brass. Oh, wait, it's the same people who did same both? Same people. Yeah. So technically they did two seasons, but kind of different but, and people, Everybody keeps talking about it, though. The thing is, they did, yeah, they did 12 episodes in one special, and like to go back, like every single part of that is the funniest shit ever. But I think the issue with that is that people like multiple seasons because it keeps many people employed, and if you're in Britain, you're forced to go on all those quiz shows to pay the rent and to pay for the food in your family's mouth. I suppose that I suppose that's true because like there's like so many seasons of uh, Taskmaster and that is one of the greatest things ever and I would watch that and if that ever cancelled that would be so sad I don't know so. what Taskmaster is Taskmaster is an amazing show oh my god we're so tangent <laughs> this isn't even like a ref this is just us telling and just talking yeah. about interesting stuff um, Taskmaster is a show where they have comedians on and they make them like do tasks mm. so they'll be like um, hide this watermelon on your body and then they get judged on whoever did it, did it best, right? So it's like you could eat the watermelon yeah. or you could smash the watermelon up and put it in your socks. Well, it's like Richard, uh, I can't say his last name, Ayoadi, who's cursed to wander the earth going from country to country, making very sly deadpan jokes for the rest of his life. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not so bad, right? <laughs> They're like, you got one season of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and that other one where you were uh, with Dean Lerner. And Submarine's really good. Yeah, but he only got those two movies, Submarine and The Devil. They're like, that's it. You're going off to the, you know, just wander the earth. Yeah, the comedian's uh, home in the sky. <laughs> they gonna kill him? They'll eventually kill him. Or they just like, um, they're in the air in an airplane constantly. Yeah. You it's can't like set your feet on the ground. It's like the plane in um, Fast and Furious 8. Yes, with Charlie Theron. constantly flying around. Mm, classic. Oh, can you imagine if Richard was the villain in a Fast and the Furious movie? That'd be the greatest thing of all time. You better fucking Charlie Theron. Yeah, uh, she sucks in those films. As pointed, as pointed out, in the most recent Fast and Furious, where did she go to the bathroom in that box? 
There's no toilet in there. <laughs> she doesn't poop. She had it sewed up, surgically sealed. It's in one of the deleted scenes. Watch the director's cut. Um, so where were we in Death Wish 3? Okay, so basically the thing is you can't really describe the movie path at this point because all he does is walk around killing guys with a machine gun. Oh, so the, many guys. Till the machine gun runs out of bullets and then he starts using the other gun and then that gun runs out of bullets. And in the meantime, we're sort of seeing, we're seeing other people in the neighborhood like... I guess gain strength from what is total anarchy and they start to kill dudes as well mm -hmm. and basically this is a movie where you understand why after watching it people went out and did crimes right because <laughs> it basically says take your place back from these villains just kill people doesn't matter like it is of all of the death wishes absolutely the most like just go bloodthirsty just yes. start, go out and start killing people well the first one people like really struggle to make an argument because the book it's based on is all about like non-violence and how it doesn't actually achieve anything by the third one they're like not nah, vigilante justice it works to what extent it works we never get to see the results of that I mean uh, you, you mean maybe perhaps he's creating a power vacuum that will then never be able to yes uh, just be filled by a worse thing that has to come in almost definitely you know it's like you you know the, the rats kill the bears and then the bears kill, you know and, <laughs> and that's the secret when winter comes <laughs> the gorillas freeze to death yeah and no, and here's the thing no gorillas are gonna freeze to death <laughs> this is not how it works right? no like what i hope to oh the my end, god end my whole the, life's a lie it was an amazing at the end of the movie mm -hmm. um charles bronson turned to like ed asner whatever his name is and being like now finally we can uh, create all those uh programs for the youth here in this community and make a community center and all this stuff basketball courts could go over there he doesn't say any of those things no he just leaves he just he's leaves. like i'm done i've killed everyone including alex winter who dies an inglorious death uh yeah he just falls off a roof after yeah. being shot the actual climax of the movie is <laughs> we somehow made it through the entire synopsis of this film without even talking about the main villain <laughs> Played by Gavin O'Hurley High, and his name is Fraker. Because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. He just sort of looks evil and has the middle of his hair shaved so he can really paint, a, cool look. paint a sweet line down it. Feel like I want to do it. Makes you go faster. Speed lines. Yeah, he's got a speed line on his head. There's a weird bit, though, which I thought was going to spin it in something else where he normally tells you, like, I'm going to get you because I hate you, Charles Bronson. But then when he's on the phone, he's like, hey, listen, hello. Um, Could you get some more guys down, please? Because um, Charles Bronson's killing a lot of my guys. You thought that it would be like a bigger thing, like that there would yeah. be a reveal of, um, oh, it's actually the police are putting this yeah, to like, yeah, you know, continue or, funding. Or them. like he was like a rich kid or mm. something and he was just playing around and blah, blah, blah. Like at the end, like I always love at the end of a movie when like the baddies like, I'm actually not cool, man. Uh, you know, have this money because I'm actually secretly rich and uh, if you kill me, then like the people in uh, Martha's Vineyard will come and get you because blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's money, the best. Money makes the world come around. And well, he says it at the beginning too, right? Where he's like, I got a lawyer. It seems like they're setting that up. But they don't ever do anything with no. it. Instead, what they do is he jumps in the window to kill Charles Bronson, who is busy trying to load a gun. He's got real old man stuff going on here. Where he's like, oh, just try to get some bullets out. Oh, I've dropped them. And he goes, kills him. But then it's not Ed Asner. Who is it? Who's the other guy? Uh, Ed Lautner? Ed, Ed Lautner, yeah. Ed Lautner? <laughs> I wish it was Ed Asner. Ed Asner would be much funnier. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I masturbate too! <laughs> also, 9-11 was an inside job. Did you know that Ed Asner is on that train? Really? Yes. Oh, wow, my God. Yeah, that's how I wanted this <laughs> Listen, movie. Listen, he knows. He went up. I wanted this movie to end with Ed Asner, Charles Bronson, and Ernest Borgnine just jacking off in a room together. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's a loose cannon's magic, Matthew. <laughs> if people want more of that, listen every episode. Uh, <laughs> it's got a little bit of that. Uh, well, because people are going to, like, see when they hear this podcast, they're going to start recalling in and, and demanding 
this become a whole like Instagram po- Instagram the other podcast I do. <laughs> How dare you <laughs> advertise the other podcast you do on this? <laughs> I mean, it's because Important Cinema Club both begin with I, so it's like mm. I keep going to say Instagram. Mm. Important Cinema Club presents loose cannons. It becomes sort of like an occasional thing that happens. <laughs> yes, okay. That people will be so excited. That's for. what I'm gonna write. Uh, that'll be the name. Important Cinema Club presents loose cannons. Death Wish Three. <laughs> you know, the longer the name is, the yeah. more regalness it has. But because then when people look at it on their podcast app on their phone, they just see you know Important Cinema Club. Presents and I'm like, oh, must be good. <laughs> yeah, he cuts off the rest. <laughs> he cuts off the rest. He comes in and he goes to shoot uh, Charles Bronson, but Ed Lautner shoots him instead. And then Charles Bronson shoots him and he's like, ah, doesn't matter, man, because I've worn a built profess just like you are. So what does Charles Bronson do? We should have set this up earlier, like the film does, <laughs> but we didn't. He turns around with a rocket launcher, shoots a rocket at, which explodes him. But okay, disappointment from me and Matthew here. Which is, you don't see the body explode. Like, that happens in Invasion USA, doesn't it? Yeah. I think in Invasion USA, the rocket hits it and he flies and he explodes, <laughs> yeah. right? Almost a bit like in um, Heart Attack Hawaii, they do mm. the same sort of thing. What you want to see is this guy like... Or Broken Arrow. Classic cl- being shot. Oh, remember I was thinking of The Rock. There's a lot of people being hit by missiles. You want the shot, you know, the famous shot where <gasps> you see them in, from the viewpoint of the missile flying back. being like, oh! And then exploding, and then cuts away from an explosion. What if he fired it, it went through his body, exploded, the guy's still standing there, there's a hole. Charlie Bronson then takes out his big cannon and shoots him in the head. Well, the best thing that happened would obviously be the missile shoots straight through the guy, and then, like, I don't know, blows up a dog or something like that? <laughs> no, it blows up, like, somebody bad, not just a dog. No, she blew up somebody good. Like a bad dog. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a dog that's There's like, no such thing as a bad dog, Matthew. <laughs> what we want, obviously, is the end for Charles Bronson to realise that Vigilanteism is not the solution. You know. <laughs> That's not going to happen in this movie. <laughs> so because a good dog gets killed, yeah. Charles Bronson, like, he's like, I give up. Yeah, no, but the thing is, he'll look through the hole and yeah. see the dog in all bits and he'll be like, I understand now the error But what's going to happen is he's going to walk away and then the villain, like, pulls his gun out and yeah. he's like, oh, and then Charlie Bronson, that gives him permission. Gives it, you always get the effect of permission. <laughs> yeah. But instead, uh, he just explodes, not super rewardingly. No. And then the ending is confusing because all of the, the good people, the old people and the other people are standing there and then the baddies are there and the one's holding a chain and he never, like, puts the chain down. They just, like, walk away as if to say, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a sense of, like, Charles Bronson has solved Nothing. Nothing. He's, Which is true. He's just killed like about like 300 people and then gone on. But there's like game. another 600 that are just waiting to just go waiting. take them out. Yeah. So the lesson is, you know, just let the baddies do whatever. If they want to steal your television, uh, let them do it. Or try to, uh, you know, set up some kind of social uh, system that allows, you know, uh, people to live and to feel worthwhile and to get the education that they need. Yeah. Or we could just like, you know, give a lot of money to cops. Right? <laughs> and guns. Give everybody guns. Yeah. And Home Alone style traps. Yeah, Home Alone. I mean, really, when you think about it, cops should just have Home Alone style traps. Oh, so no more guns? No more guns for cops. They're only allowed to... to <laughs> like micro-machines they like put on the ground. Uh, broken, you know, ornaments that get on the ground. Ev- all the cops have paint cans. Yeah, it's like... they're it's, like swinging it's like, around. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, when they show up on the first day of the job, it's like... Or like when the, you know, in the movie when the cop's like, give me your badge and your roller skate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's not defund the police, which me and Matthew agree with. It's home alone the police. <laughs> Be fun, the police. Oh, to make them fun? Yeah, be fun, the police. But also, the um, police stations are filled with home alone traps as well. Well, I was maybe more sort of like, maybe police stations get turned into like uh, haunted houses or something like that. (laughs) 
Everybody loves a haunted house. Yeah, everybody does. And the cops are like the ghosts and stuff like that. No, no, because anyway, any criminals, they make the criminals dress up like wolfmen and mummies and things like that. Ah, that sounds like indentured servitude again. So let's table this. I'm going to set together a commission that we'll look into perhaps starting this discussion. But that'll happen later on. Sure. So Death Wish 3. Whew, it's been a long time since I've said this, but doesn't make it into the canon canon. Yes, obviously. Yeah, clearly, yeah. There's no way it wasn't. Man, how does this podcast go? I think we recommend a movie, don't we? Yeah. Oh, God. It's been so long. Okay, wait. No, I have it. Me and Matthew both watched a movie that came out last week. The, oh, God, I can't say it. Evangelion 3 plus Eva 1 yeah, never yeah. redo times 10. No, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. Thrice Upon a Time, I think it was. Thrice Upon a Time, I, yeah. I think is what it's called. Yeah, I actually forgot the subtitle. We are not going to bother to remember the full subtitles of all the other movies. No, but... I think it's... The third one is You Cannot Redo. Yeah, you cannot... People uh... are like, I know what it is. Just <laughs> get on with it. Yeah, we're going to get on with it. So, are you in... Uh, I always want to say Neon Genesis Evangelion, making me look like a dad who does not know what he's talking Isn't about. Isn't it called Neon Genesis Evangelion? Isn't it... Or maybe I'm saying Neo Genesis? I, I think it's, it's Neon, isn't Neo, it? yeah. Okay, so exactly. I'm again a dad that I'm saying it incorrectly. Because <laughs> I'm saying like Neo Genesis. Oh, but not Neo Geo. Uh, I can't think of all this stuff. Classic anime. If people don't know what it is. Mechas. If you were a depressed 12-year-old in the 90s. I can't imagine. So I didn't watch uh, any of it until about two years ago. I got me put, too. Got put on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I discovered Fly Me to the Moon was not in the Netflix version. And I'm like, that sounds like something that's probably important, which it actually is quite important to, the, to it, I think. Fly me to the moon. Is that how it goes? Yeah, it sang in uh, cute anime voices. Mm. And because It changes every episode. It changes every episode. And the most amazing thing about it is, is that you've usually watched one of the most harrowing, like psychologically torturous things that could happen to a person. Then there's a beautiful version of Fly Me to the Moon starts playing and that's not really the point is that i only watched it for the first time a couple of years ago i feel like maybe if i had seen it as a kid i'd be like ah man i'm exactly like shinji the guy that has to get in the well, mech and now that i'm older i'm like come on kid yeah i just think i'd have found it weirdly traumatizing as a, mm. as a child or a teenager because like well, it ends with everybody saying thank you right thank you <laughs> thank you it's just that so much of the show is about like a main character who cannot handle what they're being dealt with. Well, he's just su suffering from depression. And no one helping him. Yeah, no one helps him. And they're like, man up, come on. So I watched all this series a couple of years ago. I thought it was very enjoyable. I actually really enjoyed Did it. Did you watch End of Evangelion at the end? End yeah. of Evangelion right at the end after watching the original two ending. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a really interesting, quite successful way to end the show, actually. <laughs> Which was, I love End of Evangelion. Wait, you know that there's a version, because I think the director of the production team keep going back and changing mm -hmm. End of Evangelion, but there's a version where there's like 15 minutes of live action footage oh, in the middle of the... Yeah, is no, that the version you watched? No, apparently they never got that into it. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they did. They shot it, but it's never been mm. put in. And I think that they discussed, like... I don't know if that new, ridiculously expensive... Ultimate uh, edition is supposed to have it in it. But I think they were trying to source it or get it for a special mm. edition at some point anyway, because I don't think it's ever been seen. I mean, technically, spoilers, 3.0.1 ends with some live-action footage. Just one shot, yeah. Just one shot, but it, it's very effective. So, you know, I watched the show, and I, I just think that, like, you know, as a child... it. I, or a teenager, it, it just had been too heavy. Because mm. at that time, I just I, want the robots to fight. Yeah, I just want, and like it, the, part of the thing was the idea that like the show and many people debate it all the time. It's like supposed to be punishing you, the the viewer, for their sort of otaku urges, like. The, the 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 characters they obsess about he treats as poorly as possible. Uh, I, I you I know you didn't watch the original English stuff. There's a famous line at the beginning of the end of Evangelion where he's like, "I'm so fucked up." Yeah, no, I mean that's in the subtitle. <laughs> oh, yeah. is it still? Um, yeah, uh, and um, the interesting thing about watching the new movies is that 
The first movie is completely indefensible. It's oh, literally awful. a shot-for-shot remake of the beginning with, like, one new scene at the end, which will not matter until you watch the third movie. Mm-hmm. The second movie is, like, interesting because it had kind of a different... People respond to it differently. I loved it. What did you think of it? Yeah, I really liked the second one because I'm like, finally, they're giving me some new stuff. I like this new character. And, I mean, I didn't really know what the movies were, especially when you watch the first one, and you're like, this is just the first six episodes. Like, shot for shot, the first six episodes. So, the second movie is interesting because it kind of... People... So some people reject it because it gives fans kind of what they want, which is Shinji, like makes a decision right, mm. and does a thing when the show was always about oh I, does my dad does, does daddy like me yeah mm-hmm. oh I'm sad I don't want to do it like the thing is rewatching the first um, movie again I was struck again about how much when you watch the fucking thing like every other episode changes like I don't want to f- f- be in that robot anymore and like they're like okay you don't have to be in this robot but then suddenly he's like okay I'll get in the robot <laughs> and then he gets in the robot and then again he's like oh, I don't want to get in the robot That this time again and when you've done it three times just Get in the robot or don't fucking get in the robot. Stop fucking talking about it. Like, they can get other kids. They've established that other kids that can get in these robots. And so, like, the second one is, like, really good. Get some, And then the third one is just that... You know when you watch a movie mm-hmm. and it's, like, the heroes have had a little success, so they punish them with, and they get into their lowest point, so the end will pop? That's an entire movie that people watched. And then you can have you to imagine if you years. had to watch 10 years for it to come out? Because three is just, like, oh, you know all the stuff that happened in that previous movie that was good? We're retconning all of that out. I love the ending of two, where it's, like, I just wanted you to be happy with your dad. He's, like, I appreciate That's a great... Ending. Such a good ending. <laughs> but then in the beginning of three, they're like, oh, that the third impact happened. So then in four, they have to be like, oh, actually, we're retconning that again. Yeah, it's it like d- the almost third impact. almost happens. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? Because the thing is that, like, I was really frustrated with, I mean, I would say I loved Patch Asuka. I thought, you know, and, and, mm. and a lot of the stuff that happened is kind of like, you're like, oh, this could be good, but it's so miserable. And then the f- fourth film is like, some people are like pandery, blah, blah, blah. But the sense, and the, from my understanding, was that Anna was just like, well, this is what I wanted, this is how I feel in my life now. Yeah, I'm married. Have you read the manga that he's made with his wife where it's like, oh, very funny. Oh, and, yeah, a, a, Insufficient Direction. Yes. The manga, his wife, I, just, I actually just got it from the library. I'm oh, did you? Read, oh, you probably read the same copy I did because I got it from the Toronto Library too. Oh, so we read the same copy. Yeah. Wow. Copy yeah, that's right. It basically, the, I, I, actually, the funny thing is it made me think of you and Emily. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, basically the idea is like he's like a huge nerd but he's found someone who loves him for being a huge nerd she's a big nerd as well but she tries to make him a better person but not as big a nerd as as Anno is yeah so you just imagine he just switches like look at all these new movies that I got yeah. and oh oh yeah and he's like doing sound effects when he moves his arms oh god no I mean it is it is you it's very funny um but basically, ideas is like you know I've I've learned what it means to to like deal with this stuff mm. and then and sort of actually realize that that's very freeing and that's what I'm going to give the characters because why would you want a series to end with everybody still just as miserable as they were at the beginning? What's funny is that end of Evangelion and this new movie that just came out they basically have the same ending. Yeah, it's just like go out into the world like it's over like live a life. It's, but they're done differently because of where he is in his life when he does it. And I think also it's that the ending of the most recent movie gives more closure to basically all the characters. End of Evangelion just kind of just kind of like, oh, these characters died and mm-hmm. just fall, fall away. Part of what makes the most recent movie work so well is that at the end, like there is actual resolution between Shinji and his father. Yeah. Like his father understands the most obvious thing about the whole... <laughs> Everybody can see it coming from a mile away. It never gets resolved. And when it finally gets resolved, you just go... Oh, thank fuck. You just feel so, like, at last, 
Even though, let's be honest, uh, if there was a real person like that, they would not come to that realization themselves. It's true, but like, what is our, but in some way, to give us resolutions that we don't get in our lives? Like, no one wants to watch stories where it's like, because people in real life are just arseholes their whole life and never learn anything. Like, Mm -hmm. we've learned nothing but that over the last couple of years. Like, we've seen people like literally almost die of COVID, come out and still like argue against. Against, yes. That it's not real, doesn't matter. But. Mm -hmm. But to so therefore, there's almost actually I find it kind of almost like bittersweet like to watch because like the the, the message of the movie is like you know get out of there and live. Now I'm like in my roasting out apartment, unable to do anything <laughs> yes. with my life because yeah. of an. Well, ongoing... this movie was completed many years ago. <laughs> exactly. Like I felt so moved by it, but this now I was like, fuck, man, I really want to get out there and live, and I I I'm too Again. sensible to not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and we should point out that what's really funny about the fourth one. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with that much exposition where they're explaining, oh, well, that is the Sword of Gurm, and you have to understand that the yeah. second book of Revelation... I'm like, I will. It's a movie where the climax is literally just the characters talking to each other to explain everything that's happened to that point. <laughs> and the thing is, because you have all these years... I mean, I, all, all this stuff up to the point, you're almost like, uh-huh, yeah, finally, I understand this. Oh, now. yeah, because they created another spear because there wasn't even... You did not follow all of that. I didn't follow up. I followed enough of it for the emotional YouTube stuff to make sense. explain ending. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I, I watched it, the, the movie on, like, Friday night. I mm-hmm. finished it. And I spent almost all of Saturday morning just reading Wikipedia pages. <laughs> That's not a joke. I really did. And I was like... All right, blood type. Sense. Okay, now I know. I was like, Lilum? What the fuck's a Lilum? You know, like... Oh, that's what they call humans yeah, yeah. And i was like lilith adam okay a uh, key of nebuchadnezzar like my favorite thing about all this stuff is yeah. is that people are always like oh the religious imagery means so much and when anna was asked about it he was just like oh you know like we don't really know anything about christian stuff so we just thought we googled look, it yeah we just thought it would look cool yeah but and then i was like yeah that's right because like so often in western media we make like people make like shows about like buddhist stuff and things mm. and buddhist imagery with no understanding of what any of it is and it's like yeah it's the exact same for them they don't they're not we Christian. can only pass through here if we haven't had original sin i'm like huh what yeah <laughs> yeah okay it, it works yeah. like it doesn't matter at the end i was moved especially in the way that like literally the animation is going down to like pencils mm. ah. oh so good <laughs> so so good fantastic like i mean the thing is that like all these types of works it's like well should i dedicate this amount of time in my life to get to this type and of i should say that if people are like do i need to watch the show before i watch the movie yes you need yeah, to i know you have to <laughs> even though that it seems like a complete story it doesn't make any emotional sense unless you've seen what has come before yeah. the best thing the thing i ever do is skip do, the first movie yeah i would say that either watch all the series and then watch the stinger from the first movie which mm. is the only part that you need and then move on or do what I did, which is watch the whole series two years ago, and then two years later, you watch the first movie and you'll still be bored by it. <laughs> so you need to work, wait more years. So watch all the series and then wait, I don't know, 10 years, and then watch the movie. And you're like, oh, I kind of remember this. It's fun to watch again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now Anno can finally go and give us what we want, which is Shin Kamen Rider. That's all he wants to do. That's all well. he wants to do. According to the manga, that's all he loves. So yeah. just let him do that. He loves trains, not washing his body, a Kamen oh, Rider. God. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch the documentary that's on the Amazon? I didn't get to see it yet. It's very funny it. yeah, where yeah. he's like, he doesn't like meetings. He doesn't really open up when there's a lot of people around. Doesn't really come in and work that often. That's a life, isn't it? Yeah. Completely uncomfortable in your skin, even though that you're technically running a company and it's your creative vision. So how do we end this show? Usually we say what the next loose cannons is. Well, we can't. We don't know when it's going to happen. Well, what we finish this show is, is we say that if you liked this episode, let uh, Will Sloan... <laughs> 
specifically know by at, I think it's Atwell Sloan Esquire ESQ Atwell yeah. Sloan ESQ and just say uh, loved the most recent episode of Important Cinema, Cinema, Cinema Club I hope it's like that all the time from now on <laughs> I want more episodes of that as much as possible I and he will respond to you very positively <laughs> he will not <laughs> Uh, but no, no, seriously, I, honestly, if you, want, if, if you thought this was funny, then... Let Matthew know. Let me know, because... And check us out. We're still online. All the archives are still up on that shelf, formerly known as Dork Shelf. I had so much difficulty finding it. <laughs> I was like, Loose Cannon's podcast. No, there's a whole bunch of Loose Cannon's podcasts. All right. And what is that shelf, uh, Loose Cannon? Here's the thing, though. Uh, I am up to be the next host of Jeopardy. So uh, when you go through those episodes, I just don't remember what I've said. I Ooh, honestly don't remember what I've said. Probably not good stuff. Probably not good stuff. For both of us. We did do it years ago. Mm. So um, what I'm saying is if you hear me say anything out of character from my super, super evil self. Evil Matthew Kumar. Now, evil Matthew did it. There's a Matthew with a sort of a, sort of a moustache. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh no. He's standing right in front of me. And so basically, you know, just, just let me be host of Jeopardy, guys. Yeah, that's really all you want. That's all There's I nobody want. else on the yeah, table, I mean, right? That's all I ever talk about. So how do we end this podcast again? I forget. I mean, I say goodnight, everybody. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, my name's Joseph Glue. I was Matthew Kumar. Goodnight, that- everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. This is like well worn territory. This is the greatest hits, baby. This is what people came for. Did you they know what I gotta for? say? It's the greatest hits, right? What? We gotta talk about our favorite guy. Okay. All right, you came for the hot Ken Buck. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. That's how long we haven't recorded it. Uh, you know, look at this. We've only been recording for 14 minutes and we've already talked about Ken Bone. <laughs> uh, like you said, it's the greatest hits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I need a minute? Yeah. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> this is the most annoying podcast ever when people are just laughing. <laughs> as you know, I'll put this at the end of the podcast. <laughs> oh my God.